0: That. So we're, we've been in the book of Colossians, and uh, we've been growing in, in what Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. Uh, I want for you guys to, to think about this as we go into every message. Uh, this letter was written by the Apostle Paul, who was actually at one time an enemy of the church. So he was someone that came from the other side of, and, and let's think with me, uh, have you ever known anybody or maybe been someone that was the enemy of the church and you were against the church and then God did something miraculous in your life and he opened up your eyes to be able to see that Jesus is real and you, you, you connected to Christ and he began to change your life? Uh, that's who Paul was, okay? And he writes this letter to, to the church in Colossae. This church was a very uh, young church as far as Christianity is, not, not young people, but it was, they were young in their faith. And so Paul begins to, to send this very important letter uh, of, of doctrine, you know, the, the teachings of, of Jesus. That's why it's important to us, because if we want to know what the, church, uh, what the church is supposed to be living in, we read the Bible. And this is what Paul was doing. He was, he was giving them a foundation to, to build on uh, uh, an anchor to, to stand on uh, in, their, in their lives. And so as they, um, as, they, as we read the letter, I want us to kind of think about that as being very important. Um, so we, the first week that we looked at the, at the letter, uh, we saw that there was a confident hope for every believer, the confident hope that we find in Christ. When you put your faith in Jesus, uh, not only do you trust in the, in the Savior of mankind, but the Holy Spirit comes and resides in every believer. So there's a change in your heart. Amen? Say amen if you believe that. And, and that change in your heart, it, it, it's, it, it comes with a love not only for God, because there is a love that comes from God to God, but there's a love for other believers. And, and God begins to, to bring people together that maybe would never have come together and uh, you actually love these people. And that's a God thing. So, so the people that are in your life, especially those of, of, of faith, uh, you, you, you probably notice that you, you love these people. And, and this love comes, comes from God. It's because you have a confident hope in, uh, in Christ. And then, and then you share this confident hope. Anyone in here in first service or anyone watching online, ha- have you shared the goodness of God with anybody this week? Uh, You do that because of the faith that you have, and and it should be happening constantly. If you have a a confident hope, then it's probably a good thing for you to share this confident hope with other people, right? And the reason that we do that, we we learned last week, we built on it, so we learned about the supremacy of Christ, that Jesus is supreme over everything. In fact, he's a visible image of the invisible God. When people say, I, I, I want to know God, uh, you will never know God without knowing Jesus. And when you know Jesus, you know God. So he came and revealed the Father to mankind, and, and it helps us to really understand how important that is. And, and the other thing about the supremacy of Christ is you will never find the meaning and the purpose of life without Jesus. Because he's supreme over everything. So if he's supreme over everything, then things aren't gonna make sense until you understand the one that is over everything and created everything, amen? The things that we see and the things that we don't see. So the things that are behind the veil that that we don't see, there's there's principalities and powers and thrones and authorities in the angelic world. And the reason we believe that is because that's what God teaches us, amen? And, And some of you maybe have even experienced that. So there's, there's the, the angelic world, but there's also the, the, the fallen angels who are called, in the, in the Bible, they're called what? Demons. And so there's this world, and, and so there's a lot more going on than what we see visibly. There's a lot going on behind the curtain. And you won't know the meaning of those without Jesus. And Jesus gives us purpose. Because he's supreme over Everything. And, and, and you will never know, K-N-O-W, peace, until you know Christ. And what I came to find out and conclude in my life is I had N-O, peace, when I had N-O, Christ. So my knowledge of Christ brought a knowledge of real peace. And the absence of Christ was the absence of peace. So I self-medicated for many years before I came to Jesus. I know first service, you've never struggled with that, but second service, they do. <laughs> self-medicated, right? And you, you, you used to do things. Why? Because you were trying to find peace. And, and we try to find peace in a bottle. We try to find peace in a person. We try to find peace in a lot of different avenues. But you don't find the real peace of God until you find Jesus. And then when you find Christ, Paul said, you need to keep on believing. So it's an active faith. So it's not faith for one Sunday. It's not, God, I need you. And and then when you say, okay, thank you, Lord, for coming into my life. Okay, I'll call you in another week. Really, just think about it. Or I'll call you next month or next year. And, And Lord, do me a favor, you can come into certain parts of my house, but stay out of certain parts. Uh, stay out of my bedroom. Stay out of my, you know, what I'm watching on television. Lord, please stay out of what is going on in my phone. No, no, no. Active faith says I'm going to trust you in every part of my life. And it, it begins to do something in us that is seen through us. And that can't happen without the supremacy of Christ. This is important that you understand because Christ is supreme, you can submit yourself to his lordship. So I I need him as my savior to save my soul, but I also need him as my lord. Amen? I need to submit to his lordship in my life. Let your will be done here in oracle as it is in heaven, Lord. In everything that I do, let, let your will be done in Saddlebrook Ranch as it is in heaven. Let your will be done in San Manuel, uh, San Manuel as it is in heaven. Wherever you live, are you allowing the lordship of Christ to be your guide? It changes everything. Now, he, here's, here's, a, here's, a, here's, a, here's a crazy thing that, that Paul throws at us, and that's why I'm preaching it, because we're going through this. Through this book, expository. We're, we're, we're exposing every part of the book, which is good. Amen? It's not like the verse of the day where you're going to pick out the best verses, right? I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? We, we want that. In fact, we, let, let's tattoo that on, on our arm, because, hey, I love that verse. And then you don't look at the context. And the context says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I can be content whether I obey or I abound. That's a context, right? But we don't put that. We, we don't put that. So here Paul is going to a place that he has to talk about because you need to know the full gospel. You need to know, know the entire gospel, not just a partial gospel. And, and, so, and so Paul, um, he, he goes on in the, in the end of the chapter. And remember, there's a letter. They didn't have chapter breakups in his letter, they were added later to help us as we read. There were no verses. It wasn't like Paul said, chapter one, verse one. He just wrote a letter. So he comes to the part in the letter and he says this in what we see is verse 24, chapter one. Don't get mad at me. This is, don't get mad at me, it's God's word, okay? He says, I am glad. Everyone likes that, right? I am glad, we wanna be glad. When I suffer, I am glad when I suffer for you in my body. This is Paul writing. He said, for I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. He said, I'm afflicted. There's a difficulty that's going on in my life Because of the people of God. For the people of God. But I'm glad. And everyone said, what are you talking about, Willis? Verse 25. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. Now, that is the whole thrust of this year at Living Word Chapel. We want to to seek truth that we find in God's Word. Not partial truth, but the entirety of truth. And that's why we're looking at this wonderful letter right here. Verse 26, this message was kept secret for centuries and generations past. But now it has been revealed to God's people. And everything that you need to know and that I need to know is in God's word. There's no secret knowledge. The the, the Gnostics taught about this secret knowledge. Gnosis, that's the word for knowledge in the Greek. And the Gnostics taught that only an elite amount of people, certain people had this secret knowledge. And, and Paul says, everything you need to know is, is right here. I'm writing this out for you, for you to know that, to the Colossians. Now we have it all in the Scriptures, in the New Testament. Amen? Amen. Why is that important? If you want to grow in your knowledge, you've got to grow in the Word. It, it, it's more than just a Sunday morning ser- uh, sermon for you to grow. You need to grow in the, in the Word of God. It's got to be a daily thing that you do. Verse 27, for God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And that's important for us to know because before it was the Jews, the Israelites, they were God's people. But God had a big plan. And that plan was that that Jesus would come as a Jew. He would come for his own people. And they would reject him. Somewhere in the plan of God that he knew in his foreknowledge, they would reject him. He would be sent to the cross and be crucified. And on the cross, he would make a bridge. And that bridge was going to be not only for the Jews, but for Gentiles as well. But there was a lot of hostility between Jews and Gentiles. And I know we don't see that in America. There's no, hosti- there's no hostility between people. You know, what people say is every life matters, right? Right? And he said, this is the secret. Christ in you, or the NLT put, Christ lives in you, and this gives you assurance of sharing his glory. The literal says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. This confident hope that we have as God's people. So, here we go to sharing again. So we tell others about Christ You are commissioned to tell everybody about Christ. You are called not to keep the secret. It's not a secret anymore. You're called to expose the good news to people. He said, we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. So in our elders meeting, uh, prayer time, at 7 a.m. this morning, we, we read the scripture and, and what we were talking about the struggles that each of us are having in our lives and in our walk with God. And, and, and this, this, this just came alive to us because here's the thing, I won't be able to manage my problems in my own power. And, I, and you need to know this, that Pastor James has problems. The, the, the minute I wake up, there's something facing that I'm going to... I mean, there's something that I'm going to face. There's something coming my way. And you're no different, amen? There, there's things that we navigate through. Now, you're not going to be able to overcome those things in your own power. Paul said, I struggle, I I, I, I war, I I, I, I struggle in a very hard way depending on Christ because he's working in me and he's working in me, first of all, to trust him so that he can work through me so that other people will trust him, amen? Amen. See, when you work through the power of Christ, people are gonna say, how do you do that? And you say, it's not me, it's Jesus. And it points people to him, not to you. You're not the answer, Jesus is. And anytime we think we're the answer, we're going to to really set ourselves up for failure. If you've ever heard the words burnout, burnout comes because we think we can do it in our own power. I've been there. You know, the the best thing that we could ever grab a hold of is I'm not the answer. I'm not the answer to my wife. God can use me. I'm not the answer. She's not the answer to me. I'm not the answer to my kids, my adult children. I'm not the answer to my grandkids. My, My grandkids think I am, but I'm not. Amen? And I'm not the answer to you guys. If something was to happen to me today and I go up to glory with the Lord, if I go with him, can I tell you that God can bring someone else? Maybe someone that's sitting here right now. God is that, he's that powerful. He's that good in our lives. So uh, I want to talk about sharing today. Sharing is caring because God shares his glory with you. But he also shares his, his, his uh, struggles with you. He also shares his, his suffering with you. And how many of us embrace the sufferings of Christ? <laughs> how, how many of us say, I don't want no part of that? I, 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 want, all the, I want all the ice cream and the whip, whipped cream. I don't want none of the spinach. <laughs> right, I don't, I don't want that difficult stuff. But I got some takeaways that I want for you guys to 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 process. Okay, I want for you to to uh, unpack. Uh, the first the first takeaway is this: participating in the sufferings of Christ is biblical, and it's also a God thing. Most people don't like this word suffering, but it's true. Paul experienced suffering firsthand. In fact, when when he's on his way to Damascus, if you look at Acts chapter 9, and Jesus meets him, and he's blinded by the light, and he goes into Damascus, and he begins to fast from food and and drink for three days and three nights. The Lord sent another believer, his name was Ananias, to him. And Ananias, as Jesus is telling him, I want you to go to this guy named Saul. He's on this street. Uh, He gave him the exact location of where he's going to go. And Ananias said, whoa, 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 wait a minute, Lord. Lord, this guy is trouble. This guy is actually coming and putting people in prison, and they're actually killing your people. They're killing us. I'm I'm paraphrasing, but that's that's the context. And he says, and and Jesus said, I, Ananias, go to this guy that you're talking about. He's a chosen vessel of mine. What does that tell us? That sometimes the enemies of the cross become the greatest friends of the cross. They become the greatest uh, 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 vessels for, for Christ. And then, Paul, and then uh, Jesus tells Ananias, I will show him how much he must suffer for my namesake. How many of you are going to sign up for that? But can I tell you something, American Christians, can I tell you something? It's part of the package. It's part of the package. It comes with your walk with God. Paul said this, I am glad when I suffer. Because when I suffer, it's for you. And I suffer in my body. I'm afflicted in my body. And I'm participating in the sufferings of Christ that will continue for his church. And and here's the thing when you get invested in the work of God, you've got to realize that it's going to come with problems because your competitor, the competitor of the church, is not Walmart, it's not Home Depot. And they have a lot of hostility against their competitors as well. But our competitor, his name is Satan. And you see his writing all over the place. And once you become an, uh, 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 on the other side. Remember what he said in, in, in Colossians 1. At the beginning he said, uh, you once lived in the domain of darkness. But God rescued you through Jesus. And he transferred you into the kingdom of God's beloved son. So we were here. We were a part of of the enemy's plan. But we got transferred into a new location and we become the enemy of the enemy. And so with that, he will try to do anything he can to stop you. He'll do whatever he can to, to keep you from what you're doing. And because he doesn't want the church to thrive. Amen? That's why we're called to love one another, because when we love one another, we, we're different than the world. And we love one another, not because of what you're doing for me, but because of what Jesus did for us. And so we forgive each other, we, 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 we go the extra mile for each other, we go to people that we never dreamt we'd be around, and, and that's what, what God does. I wrote this down, so I think I need to read it. It says, outside of Christ, when we suffer, it's the worst thing that can happen to us. But something happens in us with Jesus, and when we suffer, and we will suffer, we have a different lens. You see, we begin to understand that God will never, 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 never waste a season in our life. God will never waste anything. You know, when, when Mike and Kelly came up and, and they, they, they served as elders in the church. Before that, Mike and I served as deacons in the church. And God had a plan and we became leaders in the elders, uh, elder board. And there were a lot of good. There was a lot of bad. And there was some ugly. Because that's life. Amen? And so as we navigated through that, we, we, we understood that, that there, there, was, there was some suffering that would come in those years. And we walked together through them and we loved each other through those difficulties. Hear me now, beloved. That's important for you to understand. That in your walk with God, you were gonna have a lot of good. You're gonna have some bad and you're gonna have some ugly. And in that, God wants for you to... to, to through the suffering he wants for you to hold on to him and understand that this is part of the it's part of the package amen? amen it's not popular but it's part of the package the the great reformer martin luther he said this he said they gave our master a crown of thorns why do we hope for a crown of roses Martin Luther stood up against the, the, the institution of the church because the church was going in the wrong direction. So God used him, the Holy Spirit worked through him to take a stand. He wrote a, a, a 95 thesis and he put it on the, on the door of his church in Wittenberg, Germany. And he stood against the, the, the hierarchy of the church and said, what you're doing is wrong. And because he took that stand, he had a lot of difficulty. He went from being very popular to, be very, to being very unpopular. Has that happened to you before? When, when you take a stand for the things of God, you will become unpopular in some circles. The brother of Jesus, his name was James, he became an apostle. After he saw that Jesus was who he said he was, he said this in, in James chapter, uh, chapter 1, he said, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face difficulties. <laughs> I'll insert that. It says trials, right? But I don't know about you, but my trials are difficulties. When you face various trials of, uh, of many kinds, whatever you know, they are, because you know that the testing of your faith is going to produce something good. The testing of your faith is going to produce perseverance. What is perseverance needed for? It's so that you don't give up. It's so you don't opt out. It's so you don't quit. I've been walking with Jesus for 30 years, and let me tell you, I've had some real difficult times. I've had some good times. I've had mountaintops and I love those mountaintops, but I've had difficult times. Guess what's made me stronger? My trials. The trials have, have have strengthened my faith. It's in my trials that we find that Jesus is reliable. That He is faithful. That He is a rock. But he doesn't get shaken. And he he says, uh, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature. So in other words, until you let perseverance, you know, get you through that difficulty, get you through that trial, get you through that suffering, until you allow that to happen, you'll never become the mature Christian that God wants you to become. Because here's what happens to immature people. They say, I'm out of here. As soon as things get hard, you say, I'm out of here. Now think about this in in every important thing in life. Think about marriage. Is is marriage always good? Well, mine and Shauna's is, but I don't know about yours. Second service, she'll be back there in the back, so I'll say something different. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Marriage is not always good, but it's worth it. And you gotta persevere through the bad. You gotta persevere through the difficulty. You you and when you do, guess what happens in your marriage? It it, it matures. You persevere. You get through it, and then you and then you get you're married. You know, fifteen years, twenty years, thirty years, and then you celebrate. You say, man, do you remember when we went through this hard time? God was so faithful. That's how your walk is. Your, your walk has got to, you've got to be thinking maturity. You've got to be thinking, I need to, I need to grow in Christ. I, I need to allow for, for this to happen because when you become mature, he says this, that when you become mature, you become complete. And when you become complete, you lack nothing. Because you understand that no matter what you're facing, you have Jesus. No matter what you're going through, you're always going to illuminate his glory. You're always going to say, it's because of him that I have made it through. It's because of what I've held on to, who I've held on to. Beloved, you will have difficulty. Beloved, there will be suffering. This is not heaven. We're waiting for that. We live in the already, but not yet. I already have God's glory, but I'll really see God's glory when I get to glory. Are you with me? Paul, writing to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse five, he says, "'Just as we share abundantly "'in the sufferings of Christ, "'so also our comfort abounds through Christ.'" And when you've been comforted, comforted Through Jesus, you become that same comfort for others. Are you with me? If you've ever been comforted by Jesus and through Jesus, you understand how good that is and how needed it is. I had someone call me this week, and they said some really nice things. I needed those words. And uh, because there were, you know, as we toil in the kingdom... Sometimes you think, is my work even doing anything? You ever felt that that way? You know, as a parent, uh, is my work even doing any, any good? Uh, uh, it, it, you know, whatever you're doing, is my work doing any good? And then you get those, those calls that, that build you up. But, but here's what I've come to find out is that sometimes we can vent, and all of us have the ability to vent. Amen? And we say, man, this is tough, this is difficult. I feel, I said this this week, I feel like a man building a boat in the desert. That's kind of biblical. There ain't no rain, but I'm building a boat. There ain't no people, I'm building a boat. And then you get a phone call. And they say, man, we were at this place and they heard you at the baccalaureate and they said they're going to church there in this location. And I'm like, ooh, there is a God. <laughs> you have to persevere. You have to, you have to get through it. We, we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ. And until we understand the sufferings of Jesus, we will never understand the comfort of Jesus. See, we understand, not only do we suffer, he suffered, and he was comforted from the Father, and and we suffer and we're comforted through Jesus. Amen? Peter put it like this, God is pleased when conscious of his will, in other words, Lord, let your will be done, that's what the context is, you patiently endure unjust treatment. He's talking to the church, of course you get no credit for being patient if you are beaten for doing wrong in other words if you're going to get beaten get beaten for doing the right thing but if you suffer for doing good and endure it <coughs> excuse me patiently God is pleased with you for God called you to do good even if it means suffering just as Christ suffered for you he is your example and you must follow his footsteps I want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. But I understand that this means sometimes there will be difficult times in my life. Sometimes I will, I will suffer in this life. And that's okay. I have to be okay with that. I have to settle that on the front side so I won't quit in the middle. Are you with me? You need to understand that. Here's your second takeaway. We we need to share the entire gospel. Sharing the entire gospel is vital for healthy growth in Christ. If someone teaches you that you're not supposed to suffer as a Christian, they have not spoken to Christ followers in Iran. Go and follow Jesus in Iran. Go go to the city square and say, hey, I'm a Christian. They'll say, keep your hands up. We'll take care of this. Go to Afghanistan. Go to China. They're suffering for their faith. If someone teaches you that you're not supposed to get sick if you have enough faith, or, or they tell you that you're not supposed to be poor if you have enough faith, what happens is that they're preaching a partial gospel. You read the whole New Testament, you'll see that Paul left some of his dear, beloved disciples in one place sick. I've had some very, very dear Christian brothers and sisters whom I love greatly. And they got sick. And they had faith. We buried one two weeks ago, or three weeks ago. Benny Silva. The day before he had a major heart attack, he was running around the church. And the next day, he was on his way to see Jesus. And so Paul says... Uh, God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. I have to preach this message to you because Paul preached the message to the Colossians even if it made them uncomfortable. It's interesting to me that Paul starts out the letter by talking about suffering. His own suffering. It's my responsibility as a pastor to teach and preach the gospel in its entirety that when I suffer, God is there. When you suffer, God does not leave you. When, when, when there's a lack of money, God is there. When the mine shut down and 2,000 plus lost their jobs, did God leave us? God was with us every step of the way. When I'm sick, God is there. When I read the Apostle Paul's letters, when I read the Apostle James, when I read Jesus my Lord, I know that if I don't share the entire gospel, I really don't care about your soul. I really don't care about your heart. If anyone is ever teaching you that you're not supposed to be sick, that is not the entire gospel. If anyone ever tells you that you're not supposed to lack in some way, that is not the entire gospel. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, whether I abound or whether I obey. Whether I have much or have nothing. I have found the secret of success, and success is being content in every circumstance of my life. Sean and I, last week, we took up this hobby. It's wonderful. We love it. I could get used to it. We started playing pickleball. Does that see how old I am? And we went and we played pickleball and, and uh, she gets mad at me. You don't have to spike it every time. <laughs> but we went, you know, from, from, from playing pickleball in this beautiful location where we were at and, and then I go to the Copper Corridor where it's very, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, a need there. When we love to be in one place? But God sometimes takes us from the palace to the barrio. Amen? Sometimes, the barrio, B-A-R-R-I-O, I think. Sometimes God takes us from us having a very, very wonderful, uh, healthy condition to overnight things change. I, I don't understand that. And I can say that with all confidence because there's a brother who's coming to our real men and this guy is in excellent shape, excellent shape. And he went for a routine uh, a wellness check and they found that four of his main, main arteries were plugged. Most, 80, three of them 80%, one 90% and one 100% clogged. And he, he had excellent health. The doctor said, I can't believe this, you, you look excellent. And so he's gonna have open, an open heart uh, a surgery on him and, uh, and, and here's the deal we don't know so we're going to blame God when those kind of things happen or we're going to say Lord we're going to trust you no matter what we're going through hey, someone say amen <laughs> Paul as Paul he's talking to the leaders from Ephesus in Acts chapter 20 he says I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God and that's so important because God doesn't want for you to receive a distorted gospel. He, he doesn't want for you to receive a legalistic message. That, that, that you have to do this, do this, do this to be saved. You, Jesus did it all so that we could walk in his attributes. But he also teaches us that we don't live in a licentious, licentious life. That means that I can do everything I want. The the, the entire gospel says, I met you where I met you. By by grace, you've been saved. But because of that grace, I'm going to lead you out of it. I'm going to lead you out of the toxicity in your life. That's what Jesus does. Amen? Paul goes on. He says, this message was kept secret for centuries and generations past. But now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches of the glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. That's where he, he opens up the, that dividing wall. He, he, he bridges it. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. And, and, and this is the greatest thing, beloved. This is so important. See, even one of the things that I'm learning, I, I heard recently a, a, a young lady who struggled with same-sex attraction since she was a kid. And, uh, and, and she struggled with it, and, and, and God got a hold of her. In that, in that struggle, she had this tension that she, she felt, you know what, this isn't right, but she kind, of, she kind of walked away from those convictions, and she began to go into the other place and started to live her life. And, and what she said, what, what changed me was not people telling me that my lifestyle was wrong. What changed me was that I found the glory of God, and the glory of God brought the holiness of God, and the holiness of God led me back to where I needed to be. Can I tell you, that's what, that's what God does. Because when I look at, whether it's, it's, it's homosexual uh, or, or same-sex attraction, or I look at heterosexual sin, it's all sin to God. And I was the chief of, of sinners before Jesus came into my life. And I know you guys never struggled, but second service, they might have some struggle. And I'll tell second service that you guys have a couple of struggles. Paul put it like this, he said, um, it's beautiful, he said to uh, the church in Ephesus, he said, when I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of you Gentiles. That's important right there. Prisoners suffer. (laughs) He wasn't at a uh, Hilton. Assuming, by the way, that you know God gave me this special responsibility of extending grace to you Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. Same thing he said to the Colossians. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by his spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. That's Paul says, I'm an apostle. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. So there are no second-class citizens in the kingdom. Can you believe that God even let Mexicans in? Here's your third takeaway. Christ in us will lead us to eagerly and powerfully share the good news with the people God places in our lives. Someone is here because you invited them. Someone in your life has heard about Jesus because you were eagerly and powerfully moved by God. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom God has given us. We want to present to God, present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. Notice the relationship to Christ. It's not by what you do, it's by what he's done for you, and you have this relationship with him. The great uh, preacher, Charles Spurgeon, put it like this He said, We would labor earnestly to raise a believer in salvation by free will into a believer in salvation by grace. He said, I work hard. For we long to see all religious teaching built upon the solid rock of truth and not upon the sand of imagination. At the same time, our grand object is not the revision of opinions, but the re- regeneration of natures. We should bring men to Christ, not to our own particular views of Christianity. And can I tell you, beloved, as long as you, as long as you adhere to the word of God, You'll always adhere to the truth of God. And I tell people this all the time. It doesn't matter what I think, it matters what He says. And if what I think ever goes against what He says, you believe what He says in His Word. People don't need to hear your opinion, they need to know what God says. You should not be ashamed to share what God says. You should should be earnest about it. You should be strengthened about it, powerful about it. We, We need the power of God because the struggle is real. There's people around us that are in desperate need of a Savior. There's people around us that are in desperate need of God's grace. That's why Paul said, I work and I struggle so hard and I depend on Christ and his mighty power that works within me. Us. You see, God is working within me right now to share the message of Christ. To tell you it's okay to suffer. It's okay. You're, it's not like if you've done something wrong. He See, we get this mindset. I'm suffering because I've done something wrong. Read Job. His friends, they said, Job, you, there must be something that you've done. They didn't see what was behind the veil. They didn't see that Satan was asking permission to destroy Job and telling God, telling God the only reason that he serves you is because everything goes right in his life. And God said, okay, hands off. Do what you're gonna do and you're gonna see Job still be faithful. What if, what if you're Job today? What if you're suffering right now is because God trusts himself in you and through you that, that the devil's gonna marvel because you stay faithful to God even through the most difficult of times? What if that's happening? What if, what if today you're like Peter, where Jesus said Satan has asked permission to sift you like wheat. But Peter, I prayed for you. And Peter, when, when, after you turn, turn back, because you're going to deny me. And I know nobody here has ever denied God. You're going to deny me. Once you turn back, strengthen your brothers. What if that struggle that you faced is so that God could be glorified? What if that trial that you're in is so that people could be made better because of you? What if you hold on to Jesus?